0: Hey, it's Corey Heppola. This was something I figured I could do, that I could do pretty easily. We were turning our office into our daughter's room. We have twins, and this was a point of time in their lives where it's like, okay, well, now they're going to be in different rooms. And so I thought this was easy. We just get the, the bed in there, and we take some things off the walls. And then once I looked at the walls, I realized, okay, there's some patches that I need to repaint. And then I repaint them, only now I have streaks on the walls. Thought this was a project i could do hey let's build it on radio.com with Corey heppola and from Lindus construction andy lindis so i thought that was something simple that should be something i can do but here's andy andy now i've got streaks all over my walls what did i do wrong You know there's really no easy way to just patch a wall unless this is fresh
1: paint and you're getting it from the same can otherwise a good rule of thumb is if you're going to paint a wall you're going to have to paint the entire wall and when it comes to patching those holes there's some really good mud that you can get that actually changes colors as it dries and it goes on really thin so it actually should alleviate some of the sanding that that most people have to do when they mud up a, a
0: wall yeah, so I just have all these streaks now, and they're just little. They're little streaks kind of all over where I would have taken pictures down, and, and now it, it bothers me even more than it did before. Yeah, and, and, and a, a rule to live by. If you're painting anything, prime
1: the entire surface no matter what, and then paint, and your finished product is going to be much, that, much, much better. I think you're down the right path, Corey. Out of all the DIY projects you can do out there, painting should be one you can tackle.
0: Well, that's a. am glad you brought it up because... Hey, here's a heads up. Yeah, how about we do that, Andy? Projects you can do and projects you shouldn't do. And I guess there's a couple of ways to split this thing up. When you talk about DIY, uh, I guess you could talk about maintenance, just things that you can do around the house, and then bigger, bigger projects. So let's start with DIY maintenance. Can you give me two things that even I could probably do, and then maybe two things that... I should not probably do? Well, a DIY
1: maintenance, the first thing that always comes to mind is making sure that your smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors are all running the way they should be. You should be able to use the test button, and that should be done biannually, a couple of times a year. That's one real
0: safeguard that almost anybody can do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, I mean, that's just changing the batteries and you should do that. Usually, what do they say? Like fall back and spring ahead those times to remember? Yeah. Anytime you change your clocks, you should be looking at your, 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 your smokes and your seal detectors. Okay. So that's one DIY maintenance thing that even I could do. What, what about another?
1: change the filter in your furnace Mm. now when it comes to working on mechanicals that's where it ends for me for the diy person there's just so much that can go wrong but there's so much that can go wrong if you don't change your furnace regularly when i say regularly it should be almost monthly and for me in
0: the winter time it's twice a month yeah so i had it on the schedule to do that with the furnace Um, uh, Once basically the start of the month, like the first of the month, every single every single month. And then I got behind. I forgot about it. And you wouldn't believe we just actually had to call somebody over and do our whole duck system because it was it was overloaded.
1: Yeah, I've seen it where the filters gotten so bad that the furnace actually sucks it into the ductwork. It can't pass the air through. So it creates so much pressure that the that the actual filter will fold in half and go into the ductwork. So what I do, I always buy a a giant case of them at the beginning of the year. And when I replace one, I take one out and I I have a kind of mechanical room and I set it where I'm going to see it every now and then just as a reminder. To make it easy, because we're really talking about a 20-second job,
0: yeah. but it gets overlooked by so many. Yeah, and they came over, and they were going to do the job, and they laughed at me. They're like, really? It's that simple. You, <laughs> you could have just done this thing, and you wouldn't, we wouldn't have had us here. All right, so that's two really easy things that you can do, DIY maintenance. Now, Andy, what about two things that you shouldn't do?
1: The annual maintenance that should happen on most furnace systems isn't something that I don't think a DIYer should tackle himself or herself for something that costs 50 to 100 dollars to get a professional to come out to do an annual check on your furnace to make sure that it's venting properly um that, that it's cleaned out properly that everything is firing the way it should be i think is it's well worth the money for that peace of mind to make sure that that you don't bring carbon monoxide into your house and if you're not familiar with working
0: on a furnace stay away from it yeah, we hear those stories every single year. Um, what about, what, what's another thing?
1: Uh, anything that you think is going to require duct tape or spray foam as part of your maintenance plan, stay away from it. I, when I see spray foam, it's used improperly on houses. People don't understand how much this expands. I'll, I'll give you, for instance, um, somebody thought that their windows were leaking air. So they grabbed a can of spray foam, took the trim off, sprayed the spray foam in there. Well, like window spray foam, it's it's made just for that. It's one-to-one expanding, meaning as you fill up the cavity, it really doesn't expand that much. Normal spray foam you buy from a box store, it expands way more than that. So not only did he not fix the problem, he ended up and it expanded, and it broke $2,000 worth of windows. Mm. So a little, we're probably trying to take a shortcut and use spray
0: foam improperly. It cost them, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Okay. So that's a maintenance project you should not do. Um, that's a, a maintenance thing you should not do now, Andy, DIY projects. All right. These are larger projects. Let's, let's do a couple of things that you can do before we get into the things that you should not do.
1: Yeah. Like we were talking earlier, I think painting or staining, is something that almost all do-it-yourselfers, if they take the time and prep that they can handle, that's the key to a good, a nicely stained deck or a nicely painted house, it's the prep work. You're gonna make sure that every, every surface is clean. You're gonna make sure that it's dry. Um, on a deck, you're gonna use a brightener and conditioner before you apply any stain to it because it's gonna open up the pores of the wood. And on a house, if you're gonna paint it, you're gonna make sure that you prime it before you paint. When you do those steps and you actually follow the directions and, and do it at the right temperature, Painting is something that that most homeowners can tackle, even with the streaks in your room. That's a really easily fixable thing for you, Corey. You know, you just got to paint the whole wall.
0: Yeah, I've hired that out. I hire that out to my <laughs> I hire that out to my parents who are who are very good and they work for wine and beer. So it's it's a perfect match. They're they're great at it. Well, absolutely. What about the other DIY project that we could do?
1: You know, when it, when, it, when it comes to projects around your house, I think some of the flooring jobs I've seen some homeowners tackle. Turn out spectacular and and the ease of working with like some of these luxury vinyl planks, so even ceramic tile and most of the box stores have classes, you can take to learn how to do it. The tools that it takes to install those those types of projects aren't that expensive and in and, and really like, like as far as DIY projects go, this is one I see homeowners have more success with than any other one have I seen some nightmare jobs yeah. For sure, but if you really take your time and, 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 and follow the directions and the way how things are supposed to be installed, don't take shortcuts, don't get lazy on, on your own DIY projects because it, it will come back to haunt you. But flooring's one I think most people can
0: tackle. Yeah, so what are, what are two things that you should not do in terms of DIY projects?
1: Well, uh, load-bearing walls. I uh, If you do any searching online of DIY projects gone bad, you're going to stumble across a load-bearing wall gone bad. I've seen them myself with my customers. One customer in particular cost almost fifty thousand dollars in damage because of what he did to his house. What a load-bearing wall is—it supports your upper upstairs. And I, I recently remodeled my kitchen, and in order to get the, I had like an exposed soffit kitchen and I wanted the soffit to go up into the roof. And in order to do that, I had to change a beam out. What the, the, the right way to do that is to build a temporary wall on both sides. And even though we had that temporary wall built out, when we took that, that beam out and made that final cut, my house shifted mm. to a point where I couldn't even close some of the, the bedroom doors upstairs. So we had to adjust my house as we put the new beam in and jack it up in one spot in order to get it right. Now, because we are professionals, we were able to do that and change on the fly, and it didn't really cost us that much. But if I wouldn't have had those load be, uh, load-bearing walls, temporary walls put in there, it would have been a nightmare. My, my whole upstairs might have caved in. What, what is a load-bearing wall exactly? A load-bearing wall is any wall that's going to support the story above it or the stories above it. So, as you can imagine... Uh, it's a very important thing. And in this day and age, when people are really trying to open up their main level into one big living area, you know, some of these houses, the kitchen was away from everything and people are really trying to get the kitchen to be part of the entire, you know, main level. And so opening up walls is something people think they can handle, you know, I'm just gonna get a saw and a sledgehammer and make it happen. But
0: sometimes it goes really bad. What, what's one more thing that maybe people should not do on their own, a DIY project? If you're unfamiliar in building decks, I would stay away from it. It's one of those
1: things that, that when I get out to people's houses, I can almost immediately tell a DIY deck versus a professional deck. And I've heard some really fun, I shouldn't say fun, but some really funny stories when it comes to guys building their own decks. If you ever walked around a deck and noticed like how where the support beam comes down on top of a footing, how it's not completely centered. Mm I have one customer that, that, that this kind of bugged him when he saw it, so his big idea, he was going to support it with two by fours, build the deck, and then put the footings in so he can put them perfectly centered, you know, and it's going to, aesthetics were really important to him. Well, he did it and tried digging in and ran into rocks, so then he went and rented a two-man auger, ran into a rock, so then he went and rented a bobcat with an auger. And as he was doing the bobcat, bobcat hit a rock, auger bounced up, hit the deck, the entire thing collapsed, three days worth of work gone, professional hired.
0: Yep. Wasted all that, wasted all that time.
1: The most expensive home improvement project is going to be the one you have to pay for twice, Corey. And any type of DIY project, that is something you should consider when you're gonna choose to tackle it or not.
0: Yeah. All right, next, Andy. Hey, here's health. So as you were going along there, Andy, I was starting to think, okay, what? To, how do I know if I'm getting the right products installed on my home, whether it's a deck or roofing, siding, windows, gutters, decking, whatever it might be. And I was just wondering about like materials. How do I know that the right materials are being used?
1: Well, that, that's a that's a really good question. And it's something that Me personally, I spend a lot of time on researching materials. It's one of the things I love about my industry is because new stuff comes out every year, but I'm really cautious when it comes to new. Um, I always tell people if it's only been out a year, I'd be really skeptical skeptical about using because we really don't know how long it lasts, especially where you and I live. You know, we're in the the land of the north where we have to deal with 105 degrees to maybe 40 below. Mm -hmm. So durability, is going to be the number one factor that I look for in my building materials, especially when it comes to the the home's exterior. And then after that, it's going to be more about who installs them than anything, I'm want. I'm gonna want to see what it looks like on a house. I'm gonna to want to talk to them about how it's installed, the warranties behind it, and I'm just gonna do my due diligence. When I see people choosing the wrong materials,
0: it's usually because they they went about their decision making too fast. To be honest with you. So durability, um, aesthetics, but how do you know if you're choosing the right the right contractor? For me, it's it's the, the
1: what we have. At our fingertips, Corey, in order to do research of our contractors, and if you're not asking to look at projects or look at references or if the contractor isn't willing to actually show you those things, they're probably not somebody you should do business with. It's just with what we have available at our fingertips online with with the computer to be able to do our research on contractors, it's just silly to me. To, to hear some of these horror stories where when you ask those questions, they just they just went with the first person that they saw or the lowest bid that they had. And I'm telling you, when I hear horror stories, contractor horror stories, like this is what happens. And mind you, I've had customers take profile pictures of me before, Corey, because the last contractor they hired, they had to pick out of a lineup. So we, we hear this stuff all the time. This... but.
0: but I don't think it's, um, you know, I I think in today's age, it should be easier than ever before to get the right person. Yeah, there's there's just more information out there on people. And and maybe it's not getting the right person, but avoiding the wrong person. It should be easier than ever.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, if you do bad work, people are going to talk about you online. And with what we have in social media and online now, uh, you hit the nail on the head, core. that it's easy to find Good contractors especially where we live we just we're in the land of great contractors up here
0: hey here's a pointer all
1: right here's your quick tip when hiring a contractor I if, if, if it were me I would ask this question can I talk to a customer of yours where it didn't go perfect if that guy says yes He might be more than likely the person that you should hire. And then do your due diligence and make that phone call and find out why it didn't go perfect and what the contractor did to make it right. Now, we strive for first time quality with what we do, but every now and then stuff goes wrong. And how do you respond to that and how fast you get out there to fix it? Man, that's just a great life lesson too, right? Yeah. You know, stuff isn't going to go 100% all the time, especially in home improvements. Weird stuff happens. And uh, it's, it's about how you deal with it that, that separates the good ones from the bad ones. Yeah. Except on this podcast,
0: four episodes in, they've all been perfect. Andy, thanks. Yes. <laughs>